Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Julie Holland. And I'm Nick Spasic. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash cinepunks, which is spelled C-I-N-E-P-U-N-X. Also, please go check out these great sponsors like Essex Coffee Roasters, who offer specialty-grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious homebrewing experience. Essex is committed to accessible, quality coffees, offering education in coffee and brewing to all of their customers. Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. Right now, if you go to their website, EssexCoffeeRoasters.com, and you use the code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Another great sponsor is Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations. They are the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but also maybe the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you can get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them at XLVACX.com. It is time for the setup, our getting to know you segment of the program, um, and tied into our watch this episode. My question for you, Julie, is what's a family tradition you hated but now appreciate? I feel like I start my answers to too many of these off with, if I'm really honest, it'll just be sad. <laughs> so I'll give the mostly honest answer, and then I have a fun one on, I, I think I can go with. So we didn't really have any family traditions. I was, you know, kind of a family of one. Like we just, you know, I, I'm an only child. My parents were on their own stuff. So we just, anytime we could have anything family-like, I was kind of into it because I just didn't get it very much outside of major holidays. Um, but one thing I did do when I was young was every weekend I would go to my cousin's house and we would watch wrestling. And then as I grew older, that got really embarrassing and I wanted nothing to do with it. Now, to be fair, that would have been the attitude era. It was embarrassing. So <laughs> especially for a teen girl. Um, but now I love wrestling. I watch it all the time. I'm all the way back in. So I guess that can be considered a family tradition that I loved, then hated, now love again. And how about you? Well, I mean, that works really well for you because it's just like it is literally your family now. <laughs> like, yeah. <you> <laughs> And he gets to do part of that for a living. Um, I know. Uh, like there, there were like a bunch of things that we did when I was a kid that I just like hated, and uh, like going to my grandparents all the time. And I now, like, anytime I get to just like go spend, like, like when I was a kid, like the idea of like going and spending an entire Sunday at like your grandparents' house or whatever, like out, you know, wherever it was, it was just like. <sighs> But I could be hanging with my friends and stuff like that. Now, like whenever um like there's an opportunity to like hang out with like my parents or my brother and sister or whatever and just like spend a day sitting outside and talking. Yeah, no, that's an absolute gem. Like I mm -hmm. love it. And I, I'm just like, yeah, I could hang out with my friends, but like I really like my brother and sister. So we we get together every oh two or three months and do what we call sibling dinner where we'll just like meet up and um like at one of our houses and somebody makes an entree and then somebody brings sides, somebody bring like everybody brings drinks, somebody makes dessert and we just like hang out and sit like in a living room or on a patio or whatever and just 
shoot the shit and it's really one of those things i really look forward to nice you know as as someone with no grandparents left yes i would love to have another sunday at the grandparents although i never hate like i'm only had grandma as my grandpas were both gone before i was born but i always really loved going over there i never hated that so i do miss that that'd be nice to have again but you know i'm down yeah. to one um, yeah that's what grandparents do i should call her if you so, have yeah <laughs> i want to hear about other people's family traditions because like i like that's always like when you find out like what people do you're just always like oh that's unique and that sounds fun or oh i'm so sorry for you yeah and some people have like weird stuff that like you never know knew was weird until you started going out in the world to go to other people's <laughs> houses and you're like oh you don't do that <laughs> so if you have any of that we're we're down to hear that too are they ever popular like when you when somebody refers to something that your family also did as like you know like poor people stuff or you know like yeah. you know like a weird like side and you're just like well wait but my family oh no <laughs> Yeah, I had a friend once tell me that anybody without an ice machine in their fridge must be like completely destitute poor. And I was like, um, oh, no, I've got news for you. That's like a lot of people in my whole life. But OK, <laughs> hurtful. <laughs> oh, does I do that mean, have an like, ice maker you know, in my fridge now, though, so I'm quite rich. Does that mean like if you have one in like the door of your fridge, like you are just beyond? I, yeah, you're, you're pretty a much a millionaire. Yeah, oh. I think so. Yeah. So loaded over here with that in fridge on door ice maker. <laughs> Let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. Good stories. And now it is time for New Nightmares, which is a roundup of trailers, new to streaming, coming to theaters, any kind of news. And it's Halloween season. So there is news, y'all. There is so much news. Um, My favorite thing is uh, as of today, when we are recording October 1st, uh, the, the official hardcore start of spooky season, you can go to Hulu and you can stream the entire Leprechaun franchise. That is Leprechaun 1, 2, three four leprechaun in space leprechaun in the hood leprechaun two i mean leprechaun back to the hood leprechaun origins and leprechaun returns now should you stream them all we're not here to say that's up to you <laughs> i will say uh, i will say uh leprechaun one is pretty terrible especially for uh, like an early jennifer aniston performance leprechaun two is surprisingly good it's yeah, like, like movies two where you watch it and you're just like oh that first movie was shit and this fun as someone who's always here for a spooky little guy i'm obviously in on the leprechaun did you see the reboot um i don't think i did unfortunately so i have to seek that out uh yeah that is um that is leprechaun returns which is like they came out what 2018 um it is kind of great because it does have the guy who played ozzy like back at the beginning it's 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 fun. It's not great. It's kind of like in the same vein as the um, 
what is it um the littlest reich oh yeah 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 puppet master puppet master movie where it's just like oh it's everything you liked but we're just gonna drench it in red yeah i did see that one like that one (laughs) okay on the other end of the horror spectrum we have a trailer for the latest season of true detective this is true detective night country and it is going into alaska in the winter hence the night um the the director maybe the showrunner but also but the director for sure is isa lopez who did tigers are not afraid which was super duper great so i'm always here for whatever she's doing now um this season is centered around detectives liz danvers which is jody foster and evangeline navarro which is Kali Kali Reyes, I think is how that's pronounced. And they are looking to solve a case of six men that operate the Sol Arctic Research Station, vanishing without a trace when the long winter night falls in Innes, Alaska. The pair will have to confront the darkness they carry in themselves and dig into the haunted truths that lie buried under the eternal ice. Looks good. Are you a true detective watcher? I watched the first season, have not watched either of the other two, but I will be return to watch this because mm, it looks really good. Like It this, does. And I'm not usually a cold horror fan. Or maybe this, I am. I watch it, but I hate the cold. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think, I mean, it's perfect. I think, it, you know, it's going to come out like when it is actually cold. So. Oh, yes. January 14th on Max. I'm back on Max because they offered me a four month thing at like half price. And I was like, perfect. Oh, nice. I need to get in on that. Yeah. You just have to like basically be off long enough and then they beg you to come back. Oh, see, we've only been on somebody else's login. So we, we don't uh, have that bargaining chip yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. It went up in price and I canceled it because there wasn't anything I wanted to watch. And then, you know, New season of Our Flag Means Death starts this month. So I am, I was like, well, perfect timing. Thanks. Nice. So uh, we finally got an actual trailer for the Toxic Avenger reboot. Um, The quote unquote brand new reimagining of Lloyd Kaufman's classic. Um, I think we've talked about it before. Um, but the preview is uh, Peter Dinklage stars as downtrodden janitor Winston Goose, who, after falling into a vat of toxic waste, becomes none other than the toxic Avenger. This timely reimagining is up to its eyeballs in environmental themes as Winston goes up against the evil forces of greed and corruption to save his sons, his friends and his community. Um, Did you get to see this at Fantastic Fest? No, it played on opening night and I didn't get there until the day after. So I did not get to see it. I don't know how I feel about this trailer. <laughs> yeah, the trailer doesn't do much for me, but and it, I feel like it doesn't even show you the stars that are in it. like you don't really see Peter Dinklage, Elijah Woods in it. You don't see him, Kevin Bacon, Jacob Tremblay. I didn't really notice any of them. So maybe they're just cameos. I don't know. Obviously, Peter Dinklage isn't a cameo. He's the guy. But yeah, it doesn't feel like this doesn't feel like a trailer. It feels like a teaser. Like for yeah. like an actual trailer, like it's just like oh, it, it's like a hype reel. Um, it also feels like really low budget. Like I, I, I get like the trauma aesthetic, but like even trauma doesn't feel this cheap. Yeah, and it felt more like trauma is cheap, but it's like practical. I yeah. think a lot of the time, and this felt more digital. Yeah, this felt is... like straight to Tubi. Yeah, and Prove I guess do we even do we even know where it's going? 
No, it hasn't got a distribution deal or anything yet. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see what happens. Yeah. All right. Here's something I'm actually really excited about, which is a trailer for a new show on Hulu, a ghost hunt series executive produced by Kristen Stewart, which is Living for the Dead. This is an entirely queer fronted ghost hunting series. And what has me most excited is it has Roz Hernandez. And I've been listening to her podcast, um, Ghosted by Roz, since it started. And I'm just like so happy for her that she gets to do this because it's clearly like what she's wanted since she started this podcast. Um, It's from the creators of Queer Eye. And it's like when you watch the trailer, it's very goofy, you know, kind of lots of queer jokes and things, you know, very kind of that vibe. But then it also gets into some serious, scary looking stuff. So I think it's going to be really fun. Um, It's it comes on Hulu, Huluween on October 18th. So we have a couple more weeks to wait, but I'm pretty excited for it. I like the fact that they kind of like go everywhere with this show. Like it's not like, yeah. I mean, like it's all over the country. Um, It looks fun. I am not normally one for reality shows, but between this and the golden bachelor, um, I am maybe watching some reality shows this month. Yeah, I'm not a big ghost hunting show person. I usually find them pretty silly, but it looks like this one's leaning into silly. So that's good. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Like, I I, I will watch something that acknowledges that what they're doing is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. So um, this is coming after spooky season um, on November 10th, um, coming to Showtime and Paramount Plus um is the original series the curse with emma stone and nathan fielder um the show explores how an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child whilst co-starring in their new home improvement show uh it's a very basic teaser that still manages to be like really really creepy um while also giving us nothing nothing but we do get like I like the idea like Emma Stone always seems up for anything and Nathan Fielder mm-hmm. knows how to make things that are hilarious and uncomfortable but not cringy um yeah this looks fun I mean given that I know almost zero about what it actually is I'm still in so yeah I mean just the the people that are in it I'm I'm down yeah yeah for sure all right up next is the infield poltergeist which is coming to apple tv plus which means i probably won't get to see it (laughs) and this explores the story behind the conjuring 2 um it it looks like they're playing the actual recordings that were used in interviewing the family after this infield infield haunting in 1977 um and then putting uh, dramatizations reenactments over it but not they don't look like you know the old unsolved mysteries reenactments it, it's like a, a movie but with the with the audio played over it and then talking heads um i don't know it, it looks okay i feel like it's it's a well-covered topic even though you know the conjuring to obviously fictionalized it but it I, th- I feel like i already watched something on this and heard the audio already it doesn't feel different to me so it could be cool but yeah you know, it's not going to make me sign up for Apple Plus, unfortunately. Yeah, like I, 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 I do like the idea that they literally rebuilt the house and yeah. things like that. But 
uh and it looks like people are it, it's like almost a very drunk history thing where like the people are literally lip syncing along to yeah. actual recordings which has the potential for unintentional hilarity which i'm always down for but um, and like unintentional uncanny valley spookiness but eh, yeah um i it's really crazy like how many things lately are just like oh we got we're, they're finally like using these tapes that have been around for decades like there's the ed gein thing mm-hmm. that's out i don't know like, yeah it's so funny because like the whole thing about the infield poltergeist is like they caught the girls like faking it they like that's sort of like the whole yeah. the whole thing about it it's just like anything you get to like at some point they have to be like reconcile it with the fact that it's like no like they have them on camera like this was pretend <laughs> yeah like i mean you can say like maybe oh no there actually was something they were just trying to draw attention to it it's like yeah but faking on camera yeah yeah well if you have apple tv you can find out for yourself on october 27th when all episodes will premiere globally so have at it i guess uh coming october 3rd so it will be out as you listen to this um juan salas uh is bringing a vod and digital release of their film house of dolls in which three estranged sisters return home to collect an inheritance only to confront each other and trigger a downward spiral of murder inside a giant dollhouse that has d wallace in it and based on what i'm seeing it looks like she's in one scene and then a bunch of phone calls yeah um but you get her on your poster that way. Um, villain design looks... click the trailer. Yeah. And also, like, I surprisingly, like, the villain design is kind of intriguing. I, mm-hmm. It looks like nothing but by the numbers slasher. But yeah. I'm kind of hoping they lean into, like, a weird Barbie aesthetic. Yeah. Well, I like, I like the idea that it's this life-size dollhouse but then it doesn't the visual doesn't really give you that so much it's like just a nice house that happens to be pink so i don't i don't know and then also they're like getting murdered and then they're like there's three hundred thousand dollars at stake do you really want to leave that on the table over being murdered yeah that's not enough like i'm not trying to sound like a rich person with an in-fridge ice maker but for my life I need at least a million to stay in the game, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's like, wait, is that 300000 your share or is that $300,000 split, split three ways? Because in this case, like, you're risking death. For, <laughs> like, listen, like, I've had my finances be down to the bone a couple of times, but, like, never to the point where I'm like, you know, yeah, there's a murderer running around, but it's hundred grand. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm willing no. to play a death game for hundred grand. No, thank you. No, thank you. I will take another part-time job. Even Doctor Evil was at least going for a million dollars. Yeah, right. Um, like it's a movie, you can fictionalize it however you want. Up the stakes financially. Come on. Yeah. Also, like it looks like it's also like a bunch of like puzzles and things like that. It'll probably pop up on some streaming service at some point, and I'll watch it then, and maybe I'll yeah. be pleasantly surprised. Yeah, could be. All right. Up next, this is one that I did get to catch at Fantastic Fest, which is we finally have a trailer for VHS 85. We had talked about it when we got an image, and now we have a trailer. Um, Trailer looks pretty cool. The movie was cool. I watched it at an 8 a.m. press screening, so those were all <laughs> interesting to me because it's just such a weird time to watch horror, and no one goes to them, so it was like me and five other people just watching VHS in the morning. Um. 
you know, I haven't seen all the VHSs, but I really liked this one. The 85 aesthetic is cool and the way they all stick to it and how some of the stories intertwine is really cool. Um, that's going to be on Shutter October 6th. So just right after you hear this, you're going to be able to watch it. And I recommend that you do because I liked it. I'm such a sucker for all of these films. And like, I mean, I love we we did VHS 99 and we both quite mm-hmm. enjoyed it uh, and I thought it was like having seen all of the other installments in the series like it was a real like comeback like all the way back to the original and then the announcement that they had shot this like basically it was they they released 99 and they're like oh hey by the way yeah yeah and I mean you can't beat the directors involved in this we've talked about it oh yeah they had a, an interview at a fantastic fest with Gigi Saul Guerrero. And she said that when they called her, like almost everybody else had already shot or at least a couple like Scott Derrickson and David Bruckner had already shot. And they were just like, okay, you just have to be as good as Derrickson's. And she's like, Oh, oh no pressure then. <laughs> <laughs> but there's really not, there's not one that's like, Oh, that's the stinker of the film. They're all pretty good. So that, that's the best you can hope for from an anthology is to have all of them be pretty darn good. Super excited for that this weekend. Yes. Um, we're not gonna get this until the very end of the month, but uh, kind of a fun way to go out for Halloween. Uh, it is Hell House LLC Origins, the Carmichael Manor, uh, aka Goddamn, that's a long title. Um, <laughs> but it is the fourth film in Stephen Cognetti's uh franchise. Um, and it is essentially it's not a part four it's not a prequel it's like an origin story um of a different house of a different house so um very curious as to like what this all ends up being it looks creepy mm-hmm. um it takes place in 1980 well it, sorry, it takes place in 2021 but it's about things that happened in 1989 um yeah uh, follows a group of internet sleuths who travel to the remote Carmichael Manor located deep in the woods of Rockland County, New York. The site of an infamous 1989 Carmichael family murders that have gone unsolved to this day. What they discover are secrets that have been hidden away for decades and a terror that has been l- lurking in the shadows long before Hell House. I like the idea of this kind of taking the Halloween 3 angle of, okay, let's make this a series that's like, it, although this isn't completely unrelated because they do reference the Abaddon and other things in the area. So it's like loosely tied, but a different story. I kind of like that idea. So do I. Like, And I mean, the Hell House LLC movies are really like they're not the best found footage, but I feel like they're the ones that kind of hold the found footage that is in it like hues to sort of the ideas of like what it would actually look like if you had like a bunch of footage left over like after a documentary mm-hmm. that never got finished um like, and then, like i find them genuinely scary i haven't seen the third one yet because i keep having to wait until i'm like in the mood to be genuinely scared because <laughs> yeah. the first two really i do find scary even on rewatch i just rewatched the first one the other day and was like yeah this is still scary to me yeah, I think the the I think that they get shunted aside because they are like I mean they're low budget and everything, but it also mm-hmm. it looks like an actual haunted house. It looks like a documentary made by a bunch of people, and it just it, the like it all comes together and looks very real. 
um, mm-hmm. rather than you know your typical found footage yeah. that looks like uh, that you just put like a VHS filter on something. Yeah, and it has it's the way they do it because so many times in found footage you're like, but why were you filming? Like, why are you still filming? So the way they conquer that always feels like it makes sense to me. And you know, at least for the first one, having having it be we're making a haunted attraction so anything that looks cheesy is like forgivable because it's like well that's part of the haunted attraction that's why it looks cheesy because it, it's fake but then it's not so i don't know it, it was smart the way they did it so i i kind of uh trust them to keep it going yeah i might have to go back and rewatch all of those before this one comes out that'd be a yeah. fun endeavor so, uh, coming to theaters in VOD October 27th and hitting Shutter in January is uh, we finally have a Red Band trailer for Joe Lynch's Suitable Flesh, um, which he refers to as a tonal roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, the read that uh, quote. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> When I saw what the sickos at sequence accomplished with this trailer, it kind of blew me away. They somehow struck the proper balance of creepy, sexy, campy, and never forget that we're having fun with all of these genres jumping into bed together for a proverbial roll in the hay. Personally, I think this trailer fucks. (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, And uh, Lustcraft lives. Um, Jesus, Joe Lynch. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. You've gotten to see this, right? Yes, this is another 8 a.m. press screening on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. I watched this with approximately seven other people. And that's just a real dirty time to watch this movie. And it worked for me. Um, my letterboxed review, I believe, was Skinamax if the acting was good and the story was nuanced. Oh, because um, that's what it is firmly like. You would catch this late night. On night in the nineties on your free Cinemax weekend when you're like, oh God, oh what's happening here? It is a very sexy and you know, but then it's Heather Graham and it's Barbara Crampton and it's um, you know, Jonathan. How do you say Jonathan Sage? How's it how do you say Sage. Name? Yeah. Judah Lewis, they're all really good actors. So it's not that it's campy, but it's not bad acting campy. And you know, and it's gory. There's some digital effects that don't quite work and like I, I think this was probably intentional, but a lot of the sets are like super minimal, like low budget kind of like porn looking sets. Like <laughs> we just have the stuff we have in here and that's just all we could. You're not supposed to be looking at this part of it. It's like this is just a room that you paint, like half a room that you painted on a soundstage somewhere. I'm I'm really excited to get to see this at some point. Like It just it looks fun. Like mm-hmm. and um, like I like a good. I mean, you know, obviously reanimator from beyond, like they're, they're the Barbara Crampton, Stuart Gordon, um, you know, apex of Lovecraftian stuff. And so it's nice to see this continuing on a spectrum. Yeah. And there, everybody in it is definitely having fun with it. Um, It's hitting theaters and VOD October 27th. And then we have to wait until January for it to come to shutter. So I guess if you want to see it soon, see it in the theaters. Um, but it's worth seeing. I think it's worth seeing. It's. It, I mean, if you are one of those people who's like, I don't want a movie to have sex scenes unless it furthers the plot, which is something that's been going around the internet. 
I'm not going to say the sex scenes don't further the plot because they definitely do in this. But if you're if you're in a prude that doesn't want any sexy sex in your horror, then this isn't for you. But if you are here for the return of horny horror, this is this is made for you. If you would like to have confused arousal, uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyone who ever saw From Beyond, you're just like, I, it, I'm confused. <laughs> it's so gross, but it's kind of hot. Yep. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about an A24 movie, shall we? So many A24 movies. They're so much fun. Um, so, uh, speaking of like A24's, uh, the star, Ari Aster, um, produced this film from director Christopher Borgley. Um, it is called Dream Scenario. Um, in which a hapless family man, Paul Matthews, played by Nicolas Cage, finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers start seeing him in their dreams. But when his new fa- when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. This looks like it it has horror possibilities, but I don't know. So it's like that's why we're kind of including this towards the yeah. end of our news roundup. Yeah, it's hard to say if this firmly falls into horror or not. I think this is one of the many trailers in which they were described as genre bending. We haven't been reading that part of the description on all of them, but I feel like there were like five in today's roundup that were called genre bending. Very tired of that. I get that. I get that at least twice a day. Yeah, Quit bending is genre. Let's yeah, call it fusion, it's... like cooking. It's genre fusion. Genre bending just means like, Sometimes that just means it's a mess. Yeah. Um, tonally <laughs> inconsistent. <laughs> another way to say that. Um, this doesn't look like a mess, though. It does look interesting. It's got kind of um, being John Malkovich vibes a little bit. Very much. And Nicolas Cage. What can you say? He's good. And, and he's not he's not being super cagey in this. He's like acting. I was going to say this looks like a very subtle Nicolas Cage performance. Now that is a very like the bar for that is like very different than for every yeah. other actor on the face of the planet. But um yeah. Um yeah. I'm intrigued. Mm-hmm. Same. And it has Tim Meadows. Yeah, like yeah. Like I mean that's a that's a winner. Yeah. Um November 10th is when you'll be able to see that in theaters, of course, as A24 would have you do. So what are we right. gonna talk about last here? You want to go with There's Something in the Barn? Let's go with There's Something in the Barn. Yes. So this is one I didn't get to see at Fantastic Fest and really wanted to, and the ticket sold out before I could grab it. Um, it's a, it's a, it's an elf, guys, and it's killing people in the barn. It's got Martin Starr. Um, it, an American family fulfills their dream of returning to their roots after inheriting a remote cabin in the mountains of Norway. However, they are in for a big surprise. An elf with a nasty temper lives in the house's barn. When the family starts to infuriate the creature, a raw and bloody struggle for survival ensues. It's holiday horror. We're a little early for the Christmas holidays, but we got to get out ahead of it because this one comes out November 10th. And uh, I recommend checking out this trailer because it looks fun. It does. Like, like i do love some good scandinavian norwegian you know horror mm-hmm. um it always gets a little bit weird um always like ha- seems like it is aware of how silly and kind of yes possibly dumb the premise is and just like yeah but let's have fun with it but what if 
this would be i think this would be a great feature with rare exports yeah. and if you haven't seen rare exports put it on your holiday horror list because <laughs> santa's gone bad <laughs> yeah i'm uh like i mean i'm glad we get like a good holiday like theatrical release holiday horror um again mm-hmm. this year i mean we got violent night last year um which was a blast and you know i like i like a good mix of you know action and horror and jingle bells yeah for sure and that yeah. is our news that's it she like appears out of thin air like that there's something in here you can't see it but it lives inside Now it is time for our feature presentation. This episode, we are talking It Lives Inside, directed by Bishal Dutta in theaters now. Julie, what's it all about? Desperate to fit in at school, Sam rejects her East Indian culture and family to be like everyone else. However, when a mythological demon spirit latches onto her former best friend, she must come to terms with her heritage to defeat it. We picked this movie because we've both been seeing trailers for it like constantly since it seems like for like six months and it's this trailers made it look really scary and really creepy um so i feel like we maybe want to start by talking about how effectively it is scary yeah i think this is a real case of you shouldn't have actually shown me the monster 100 percent. like not to spoil the ending or anything but um 
I feel like this has a, a real like I'm not going to say like a lot of people are comparing this to the Babadook um, just because I think it's about, you know, like sadness and depression, like how that manifests everything. But mm -hmm. um, I feel like this is like very much like a sinister thing where like when you see it, like you get like a very clear shot of what the evil entity looks like. And it's just like kind of goofy. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Um, right. Like, I never thought the Babadook was goofy, even though in hindsight he hella is, but at least it was like you saw the pictures at first and you're like, Yeah, this is gonna be goofy if we see it. But with the it that lives inside, and it does have a name and I didn't write down what it was, um, it was like when it was just, you know, and you see this in the trailer, when it's just eyes in the closet or someone being pulled by an invisible something. That to me was very scary. And then, you know, you bring out this actual thing that's just like, that's not how I would have imagined it looking. It was never described. So I didn't have any, you know, you're just letting everyone imagine it and then you show it to them and it's not going to be probably what most people imagine. And you're just like, oh, well, okay, I guess it's that then. Which, no lie, if I saw that in real life, I would be terrified. But in the movie, I was just like, oh, okay. So it's a thing. You could do something about it, I guess. I feel like in modern horror history, like the number of successful like reveals of creatures um, are definitely very much in like the minority. Like, mm -hmm. The only one I can think of is like where you actually see it at the end and it is legit creepy is the ritual. Like where you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. And <laughs> even that, like there are parts of that monster that I was like, Okay, it's got baby arms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's scary, but also it's silly, too, a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, the the creature you see at the end of Underwater, you're like, oh, it's Cthulhu. And, like, that's kind of cool. But you're also like, that's 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 kind of, like, uh-huh. Um, uh, yeah, it is called a Peshach, uh, which goes back to the fact that, like, what the major plot of this movie is, is it is Sam um who is rebelling against her family um and trying to like more accurately assimilate uh like into mm -hmm. like she doesn't want it, the movie starts out with her like literally like shaving her forearms mm -hmm. um and um like her her mother and father both speak hindi at home uh to each other and to her um and she is, you know, her, she is trying to not acknowledge her heritage, let's say. Yeah. Yeah. She's trying to fully kind of Americanize you. Know, she doesn't want to take her mom gets sent, is trying to send lunch to school. She doesn't want to take that. You know, she wants to eat American stuff, hang out with the American kids. You use a nickname, Sam. Her name is Samita. Um, and, you kind of get the vibe, at least I kind of get the vibe that she didn't really need to do that. Like, the kids weren't being mean to her, and they were only being mean to her friend because she was acting weird and carrying around a gross jar, not because she was Indian in heritage. Like, that didn't seem to be the issue. So, I don't know, that part of the story, I was like, it's not that I want to see kids get picked on, but I didn't get the vibe that any of these kids were going to pick on her. In fact, the boy that she likes seems down to hear about you know her 
family holiday that she has going on in the upcoming weekend like what is that i'm interested he when he asks her friend about her he's like does she speak more than one language and she gets embarrassed about that but you don't get the vibe that that question is like oh does she speak more than one language it feels more like genuinely that sounds kind of cool that she can speak more than one language i don't know yeah that is sort of like the weirdest part about this movie is that like everybody that you expect to be like the shitty like microaggression racists Mm -hmm. kind of aren't like her yeah like her 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 friend that she eats lunch with like definitely does like some like can you say this and all that and it's like that's a little cringy yeah um but like no like the the dude who likes her like seems to legitimately like her like i mean i think in horror movies we're all prepped to like as soon as like the like the you know that like the traditionally handsome like white dude starts liking who is supposed to be like the the marginalized person yeah it must be a trick oh it's gonna we uh, it goes back to carrie right yeah but no even in carrie it's like what we don't even know if that even was a trick or did he start to like her you know so yeah i guess it's similar to carrie in that way but he does yeah genuinely seem to like her it doesn't seem to be a trick Nobody seems to be wanting to trick her or outcast her in any way. It's like, no, you should really come to this party because this guy really likes you. And he does really like her. And he's nice. Like, he's not. Yeah. He asks for consent. Like, it's it's a weird thing. In high school? (laughs) I know. And it's just. And he like lights a joint and is just like, you know, you don't have to be in not like in a like dismissive. Like, if you're cool, you'll try it. But yeah. No, it's like legitimately. He's like, no, 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 you, you know, uh, it's so weird because, like, you, I mean, I, I think the movie could have leaned into that aspect more. It's like you get some of it here and there. It's just like, what are you rebelling against? Like, yeah. And I mean, I'm not saying that that feeling of being different doesn't exist, even if everyone is treating you the same. You still mm-hmm. look at yourself and feel different. Especially if the people around you don't look like you, even if they're not treating you. So, but I think, I guess maybe the point is that most of her feelings of difference are in her head and not actually happening. And maybe that says something about the monster, even though the monster is actually happening. People are actually dying. <laughs> yeah, that is that is uh, sort of the weirdest aspect of this movie is that um, you never... It is made very explicit pretty much from the start that like this is a supernatural entity like you're not waiting for the end of the movie to like find out whether or not uh, Sam and uh, Tamira uh, are like legitimately like going through something mentally. I mean like they are but like just regular teen stuff but there is like an actual demon that is killing like people like you know it from the start basically there's no yeah. there's no attempt to make it like oh maybe she killed him like it's like no, no. like he got like fucking wrecked by a demon yeah yeah uh, yeah it, it's kind of a mess in that way you know it's like you you, you kind of had an opportunity for it to be like oh is this all in their heads and then they didn't even take that bait which I guess is refreshing because we get a lot of that, right? Is this all in their heads? But I expected it in this one. I expected, oh, these are just, you know, kind of hysterical teen girls. And that's not what we got. Yeah, it is a film that is 
um uh one uh, somebody i uh, robert daniels who i follow on um uh, twitter um and is a film critic uh and is really great about it uh, it's like just really like has really good insights into these movies uh and he like describes it as a teen movie uh, a movie that wants to be a teen movie in an allegory for the immigrant experience but never wholly coheres and somebody else writing for roger ebert like put it really well by saying like i kept actively trying to like it lives inside but it kept pushing me out mm-hmm. um and like that's how i feel about this movie is that like there are parts of it like it starts out like it looks like as it goes along it gets a little iffy but like there are some really intriguing shots um like the performances mm-hmm. are solid if unexceptional um but it's just like every time you kind of want to like it it just i don't want to say it shits the bed but like it just it offers you there are no surprises in this movie, yeah i guess is is what i'm trying to say like it at no point do you get anything where you're just like oh man i didn't expect that yeah i didn't see that coming like even the ultimate um what ultimately becomes of the demon is telegraphed so early that i was like oh okay that's what's gonna happen i got it and i'm not one who figures out the end of movies like i don't you know i don't take any joy in trying to guess an end before it gets to me but i'm like okay i see it is it it holds back Mm -hmm. and maybe that's because it's pg-13 like maybe it could have gone harder if it wasn't trying to stay in that pg-13 realm i don't know but it's not that i needed it to go harder no i needed it to strangely this is a movie that didn't need to be more explicit it needed to be more ambivalent like when when we when we see um like tamira like like inside this bathtub in a strange room and everything like everything tells us at every step that this is a demon like every the same things keep happening you keep seeing like wounds appear on people that well they're you know there's nothing that appears to be doing it and all of that and it's just like it's very clear and it just it there's no there's no excitement there's no like i wonder how this is going to work out it's like yeah well we know like Mm -hmm. from from the beginning um pretty much where it's going to go and also like what for for a movie that um like really like the whole idea is that this hinges on her accepting her culture and then it just it does not lean into that at all like it is almost an aside yeah um like it's i think that's where this like kind of really failed for me like i was expecting like something that is like you get like a montage where it's like okay here's her like learning these different aspects of like in leaning into the things that she has been pushing away for the entire film. And it's just like, no, she they kind of like do some cooking and they don't even really get into that. Like, it's yeah. like, there's no some cooking. They learn a chant. Yeah. And that's that. Okay. We did it. We cultured. Yeah. Like there's this really, like there's the really great scene um, where like all the families, you know like all of like relations and neighbors and everything are like at like sam's house mm-hmm. and it's just like you get you feel like this is going to go somewhere where like the people that are introduced like might come to be part of it later it's like 
no, like this is this movie is like ignores Chekhov's gun at every possible opportunity. Yeah. 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 It's a you know, we aren't usually this disappointed in a movie. So I guess it's that's new for us to be kind of like, well, darn it. Yeah, it is it is not a bad film. It is just an unremarkable film. Yeah, and I have to believe that I might have liked it better if I hadn't seen the trailer before every horror movie I saw in the theaters for the past several months. Like, I don't know what happened, if the release date got pushed back, but I I can't even tell you how long I've been seeing this trailer. Yeah, um, I would like to say, like, uh, Betty Gabriel is in this um, playing uh, Joyce, one of uh, Sam's teachers, and you probably recognize her from Get Out as Georgina. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's really good in like everybody, all the actors are very good in this with what they're given. Like, um, uh, Vic Sahay and uh, Niru Bajwa as as Sam's parents do a really good job of they, they seem like legitimately concerned parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and like they're just, like their interactions are really good with each other and with her. Like they behave like parents, not like horror movie parents. Yeah. Um, like Joyce behaves like a teacher, not like a horror movie. Well, I mean a little bit, but like, yeah, with the exception of that, Sam calls her Joyce. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, would have loved it. Like why that happens? Like there, a lot of undeveloped relationships in this film except yeah. for, strangely like the weird uh uh like the the very surprisingly nice uh traditionally handsome white dude yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah you know if you if you can see it if it looks good to you see it it could be good gateway horror for you know especially i think for teen girls even though it it leans on this very specific cultural thing i think it's still a relatable feeling for being a teenager and trying to fit in without realizing that you already are you're already fine and you don't notice that everyone else around you has no problem with these things that are making you think you don't fit in so i guess that's nice that's kind of a nice thing they don't they don't kind of get into it as that's me kind of projecting it onto it i guess but you know I, that's a nice aspect of it yeah so um that's kind of what we think about it. Now, when you saw it, you saw it in the middle of the afternoon where people in the theater did. I had the entire auditorium to myself. Okay, same. Was... We saw it on a, I don't know, like a Thursday night, and it was just me, Rob, and our friend Meredith, and that was it in the theater. So I can't even tell you how other people seemed to feel about it in the theater because there was no one there, which is unfortunate. Although I think it did okay ish. It obviously the nun did better coming out the same weekend as the nun two didn't do it any favors but i don't know yeah yeah is there anything that you would recommend that people watch i would recommend um like if you want sort of like a teen possession movie that maybe does it uh, or dealing with teen demons i would recommend like maybe it follows or jennifer's Mm -hmm. body yeah Um, they don't quite deal obviously with like a um a the the cultural aspects of it but I feel like both of those movies really do a good job of sort of like really making things uh, 
in the case of it follows like the ambivalency works really well whereas jennifer's body like it really it leans into the specificity um a lot better yeah uh, like and also it's like more fun like this movie just seemed a little milk toast yeah yeah uh what about you um the ones i put and i was kind of scrambling so i i don't know if i can justify them completely but i put ouija origin of evil because i think that's got the my family does something kind of embarrassing that I'm trying to shake off, but it is ultimately quite real pretty well. Um, and any chance I have to tell people to white watch something Mike Flanagan made, I'm going to do it. Um, and then the rage carry Two, which I know a lot of people didn't like, I, I encourage you to revisit the rage carry Two. It has all of that teen angst, all of that. I don't fit in and I don't want to, but maybe I do kind of, stuff so you know i think that could be a fun revisit of a teen movie obviously carrie in general you should re you should rewatch but you know maybe give the rage another chance It is now time for I'll Be Right Back. Um, What do we have coming up that is spooky in the next couple of weeks? Well, I mean, tis the season, right? So everything we do for the next month will be spooky. I don't think I have anything specific other than just watching stuff and going to the movies. Last night I did the Kansas City Horror Club's Horror at the Drive-In, which is always fun. And then I think next weekend those roughly same guys greg and genius from nightmare junkhead are doing their annual nerdoween so i'm gonna check that out which is a three movie marathon where you don't know the movies till you get there and the theme this year is um let's kick nazi asses so i have some ideas of what i think it might be but we'll see what happens how about you what do you got coming up um I have like certain things coming up that are like, like I like the fact that I'm doing some things that are very like anti Halloween. Like I'm going to go see air supply on Wednesday with our friend. Andy, Um, And that should be a a lot of fun, but also like I've, um, you know, I've got like a massive watch list of like new stuff that's coming out and like things that are hitting screen box and all of that, like uh, driving me crazy. Um, I got a, book that came out uh, a couple months ago that i'm really looking forward to reading that is called episode 13 by craig delui who wrote um the last thing i read of his was called the children of red peak that was really fun uh and creepy and weird and this one is about uh some ghost hunters and it's like put together like in epistolary form so it's like documents and emails and scripts and stuff um about like the last episode of this uh ghost hunting show and what happened so I think very excited for that. Nice. Yeah, I have some books that I, you know, may or may not get read as is my way, which is I got the new Stephen King book. Well, Holly. We just finished that. Good stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, like those Holly Gibney books have like really been sort of my favorite thing of like the post like faux retirement of Stephen King. Like that yeah. character has been 
I love that character so much. Oh, yeah, and this is you I mean this is you know all her. Like if you liked um that novella that came out a few years ago. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really great. Yeah, I'm excited to get into that. And then I also ordered and should receive tomorrow the new Alex Grecian, which um he's a local author, but he's a bestseller as well. He had a series um that was like almost faux to true crime uh, it was the scotland yard series so it was like how the scotland yard murder squad sort of revolutionized forensic mm. crime solving it was very good um but this one is apparently a true horror and a western called red rabbit um so i'm interested to check that out as well i really like his writing so yeah i'm so, yeah super excited uh i have been um i met at a party earlier this summer um a woman named Christina, who's a library at Florence Public Library, who goes, uh, who is on Instagram as the Wandering Reader and is all about horror fiction and things like that. Um, nice. And so, following her, I'm just like, oh, I do many things to read. So much. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, let us know if you have any spooky plans. And thank you for listening. Please come find us on Twitter and Instagram at Report Carnage. You can also email us at carnagereportpod at gmail.com if you'd like to make any suggestions for upcoming episodes um, or just share your thoughts on this episode. We also are always looking for getting to know you questions and film suggestions. And if you follow us, maybe you get to have a chance like people just did to vote on what we talk about next. Yes. Yeah. We uh, also like, like we've been putting up all kinds of horror movie suggestions for your normie friends. Um mm-hmm. And maybe for you too. Like maybe there's some suggestions on there, like based on genre or year or whatever. And you're like, oh, I should totally watch that. Um, yeah. So watch it. Um, also, if you reach out to us, like we've got stickers. Um, if you email us or reach out to us on socials, we'll get a sticker or a few out to you. We have some buttons as well. Um, and um, I to ship some buttons to somebody. Bought like a bunch of bubble mailers. So it, I can definitely send seven of you buttons. <laughs> like, so like reach out, like get some gear for your battle vest for this spooky season. Like, uh, yeah, they got scary cats on them. They do so many. All the music featured in this episode is by Steve Spacek, Nick's brother. You can find him on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at Nodder.Bandcamp.com. And Nick. Where can they find you personally on socials? You can find me at Nuthouse Punks on Twitter slash X and Blue Sky. You can find me at Nick Loves Mouse on Instagram and uh, from and inspired on Letterboxd. Where can they find you, Julie? I am Dark Humor Girl, wherever you are looking. And if you want to see my recent coverage of Fantastic Fest films, that is at downrightcreepy.com. So thank you for listening. We will be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror. And we um, haven't yet picked our new movie. So we took a poll on Twitter and Instagram and we got a tie between Saw X or Saw 10. I don't know which they're preferring there and the Exist Believer. So we're going to flip a coin. I think that Nick has a coin. And so heads will be Saw and tails will be Exorcist. It is tails. Okay. <laughs> that was my slight preference of the two. Just because there's so many saws that I haven't seen. Same. Although, like, uh, 
Saw Saw X, Saw 10, however you want to look at it, is between one and it takes place between one and two. So like at the very least, if we wanted to watch it, we'd only have to go back and rewatch the first one to get. That is helpful. Yes. <laughs> information. But instead, we'll be watching The Exorcist Believer, directed by David Gordon Green in theaters October 6th. Um when his daughter Angela and her friend Catherine show signs of demonic possession, it unleashes a chain of events that forces single father Victor Fielding to confront the nadir of evil. Terrified and desperate, he seeks out Chris McNeil, the only person alive who's witnessed anything like it before. I'm excited. As am I. It looks scary. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like everybody who's uh, seen this trailer is like, ooh, spooky. Or wait, another one? Yeah, and then there's some people who are still mad at David Gordon Green over what he did to Halloween, and I'm not one of those people. I'm a Halloween enthusiast, and I'm fine with what he did to Halloween. So I'm gonna, I'm excited to see what he does to the Exorcist believer. And I wish they would have given it any other name because every time I hear it, that goddamn Imagine Dragons song gets stuck <laughs> in my head, and they don't even use it. Yes, <laughs> just like ah, get out. And I only know the one line, which is in general fine but when you get a song stuck in your head and you only know the one line it's even more frustrating i blame hulu yes <laughs> oh, but all that ellen burston and more on the next mm -hmm. episode. yeah thanks for listening everyone we'll see you next time bye bye